Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on this Quantum Conversation This is all about your connection to your higher self. And as we journey in today's episode, we are talking about this beautiful mastery that we are stepping into. This is mastery of walking in balance and harmony and rising above to great deep wisdom within us in every moment shining our love and our light and using our words in, wow, I want to say diplomatic ways that understand all viewpoints, but we all point towards our goal of new earth and love-generated experiences. So I thank you all for joining us today. We are clearing out a lot of clutter a lot of clutter in our physical body. And my guest today is a pet intuitive. But what is so fascinating is that she's here to explain how our pets connect us to other realms, how they can literally assist us in clearing the luggage that we carry, otherwise known as baggage of past experiences and trauma so that we can be free to connect with our star family and, of course, our higher self. That is the beautiful inner wisdom that we all have access to. So it is with my pleasure to introduce to you Denise Monge. She is a pet intuitive. She'll be doing readings for our audience today on what realms your pets want you to tap into. But first, we are going to welcome her to our community, introducing her to all of you. Denise, welcome. Thank you for being here on Quantum Conversations. Thank you so much for having me, and I've been such a fan of your 
podcast, and I've learned so much over the years. So thank you for all the work you do and for having me on as a guest. I'm very excited. We are excited, too. This is a fascinating topic, and I want to honor your work, too, and thank you for really making this bridge in spirituality with our pets. So many of us know this love of our pets, that they assist us, and wow, they're just beautiful. So we're going to talk all about that, and we're going to talk about how you got started in this. Here it was. You 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 did come from Wow, the ad world on Madison Avenue. And that is a deep, deep shift. And and I just want to honor you for um, following your heart there and working with the animals. We're going to hear that story. First, though, you've got an interesting anecdote about the times that we're in. And I want to offer you that beautiful space to share that. Yeah, and so I love that you talked about, you know, how we're clearing out our energetic clutter because that's really what our animal companions are here helping us do. And sometimes they help us do it quite literally. So, you know, I'm going to cut back to January of 2019. It might seem like forever ago. Um, But January 2019, if anyone recalls, and if anybody is a TV buff like I am, you'll remember that Marie Kondo, um, that whole movement of clearing out your clutter, (laughs) clearing through your closet, sparking joy. So lo and behold, January 2019, you know, I'm watching that show. And so, you know, I'm doing something around the house and, It turns out, in retrospect, my animals were really preparing me in January of 2019 for more information and activations, all which have kind of came through as a culmination of this Pets as Portals course, which we'll be talking about more later. But, you know, as a busy bee, you know, walking around my house, and as I would pass my bookshelf, they kept appearing to me right at my bookshelf at the first shelf. And that's where I had a series of books on that bottom shelf that I'd collected since high school and brought, you know, ever since my times in Brazil. You know, I brought them to college, then to my first apartment, and, you know, everywhere I moved since. And so after a few times of them appearing there, and, you know, after, of course, watching a binge-watching that Marie Kondo show, I realized that it was time to look at whether, you know, those books still sparked joy and whether I wanted to hold on to all of them. So I go to the shelf. And, you know, the first book I see is Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises. And I personally love Hemingway's writing. And, you know, that is one of those books that I would reread over and over, you know, every so often. And so, you know, I'm holding it in my hands, and I realize that the animals are just staring at me. (laughs) And, Mm. you know, I, I know what they want me to do. They want me to let go of the book, right? So. The thing is, I'm really stubborn, and I also come from a family of lawyers, so I launch into defensive mode, you know, and and I'm making arguments on why it's a classic, why I should keep it, and, you know, it culminates Mm, in a very eloquent, oh, my goodness, it was fighting hard, and it culminates in a very eloquent, have you even read Hemingway, you know, as I roll my eyes, (laughs) and so... You know, the animals are sitting there very very calmly, and they're like, no, but we've felt Hemingway. And I'm like, oh, that's a fair comment, you know, as it lands. Because if anybody knows that book, The Sun Also Rises, it's all about longing, kind of lack of connection, unattainable happiness. So fine, I get it. You know, I I concede, and I say, all right, I'll, I'll get rid of this book. I hear what you're saying. 
And so, you know, I'm walking around and I look and they're still there at that bottom shelf of my bookshelf, just like staring at me. And so I'm like, oh, now what? And so I look at the bookshelf and, you know, I start reading the titles in their order. And it's, you know, Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried, which is all about kind of a PTSD and Vietnam vet. It's a book about the Trail of Tears called And the Earth Shall Weep. And it's followed by a biography of, you know, Kurt Cobain called Heavier Than Heaven. And, you know, it's bookended by a biography on the band Pearl Jam called Five Against One. And so I read those and they're just looking at me and I got it right. Those were the vibrations that I was literally and physically carrying with me through different phases of my life and from home to home. Mm. So, you know, I say fine, but you know, I want to keep the books on the band, you know, to which they are, they very patiently ask. They're like, well, did you read those books? I'm like, yeah. And they say, you know, did you learn and understand what you needed to from those books? I said, yeah, you know, so they paused and I understood, you know, I got it. So at that point, I was like, all right, it's okay to let those books go and make space for more lightness in my life. And so, you know, as you talked about clearing out energetic clutter, this is such a perfect story demonstrating how our animal companions and guides really help us lighten our energetic load, you know, both literal, both in literal and intangible ways. Right, because they help us sort through our energetic clutter through their behavior. They help us revisit old stories and beliefs, and they help us decide whether we want to keep those old stories and patterns in our metaphoric library or if we want to release them and make room to open up for more space and possibilities. Because, you know, we can't have it both ways. We can't hold on to our baggage and our clutter and still be carefree and and, uh, have space to bring in the new. So when I agreed to release after 20-something years, you know, those books that I held so near and dear and I thought were so important to me, that's when tremendous insights came in, tremendous downloads, and things that really propelled me to a new understanding in my spiritual kind of growth and practice. And I always pay attention to what's going on with pop culture, because at that point, that was where Marie Kondo and the whole, you know, cleaning out your clutter was really big in pop culture. And there were a lot of shifts in January of 2019 that happened and thereafter. Mm-hmm. And yep. lo and behold, it was a start. <laughs> right? And so mm-hmm. lo and behold, we're in another point in pop culture where, again, anyone else is a TV buff. You can't, you know, go anywhere without seeing that whole series by Home Edit called Get Organized, which is, again, about sorting, clearing, reorganizing, letting go of things. So we're really in a point that we're clearing out clutter, we're doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for the collective, and we're making choices about what we get to keep. So I feel like this is another, you know, where things come full circle. And as a collective and as individuals, we're really open to, we're being asked to create big space so that we can bring in new, big ideas, philosophies, inspiration, practices, and realities. Wow. Yes. Okay. So happy clearing, everyone. And it really (laughs) is on a physical level. I want to share a little um, of my own experience in that because it did, Oh, I, I can say once I, okay, I cleared an emotional trigger and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about this, too, because this is really what it's all about. Um, I traced an emotional trigger. Actually, no, no, that's a different story. I was feeling sadness and grief, and mm. I allowed that to come forward. 
And then it didn't last long. Maybe it was about, oh, maybe 10 seconds, right? I mean, it really wasn't okay. that long. And then I was inspired. I I looked up and over at um, a pile of books, like you said. And it was very interesting because I just knew I needed to shift something about that or go into it and okay. clear out that little pile of clutter. And as I did, it, the synchronicities that unfolded were remarkable. And that's what you're talking about. So see, there was that, that little bit of grief that if I could have held on to it, instead of allowing it 10 seconds of space, then it would have um, kept me from even looking at that stack of books to shift around to pay attention to synchronicity. So this is what we're talking about. This is a subtle awareness, and it's something that you bring in in the work that you do as a pet intuitive. And so now we're going to talk about, you know, how you came into being um, aware of these abilities with pets and how we can all do this to not only clear our clutter, but to really journey to these other realms with our star family and our uh, galactics. It's very, very interesting. So let's, here you go, uh, starting mm -hmm. on Madison Avenue. <laughs> what was that like for you to, what was that journey to leave that deep, um, I want to say a trench, because that's a real, I mean, we. Mm -hmm. I was in journalism, right? Radio and television news. Yeah. So th to leave that, it was, um, I don't know, it's not always so easy. Can you share that story? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because I, growing up, like probably many of the folks listening right now, I've always loved animals, felt a tremendous connection with animals. Um, but what might be unique about me is I actually never had a pet growing up. Uh, we weren't allowed to have a dog, a cat, any traditional pet. So I used to just sneak away and, and be in the, you know, go in a grassy area and find roly polies or caterpillars. So that's how I started my connection with animals was, you know, not so much tapping into traditional pets, but just trying to connect with anything that was living out there that I considered a little, you know, creature friend. And so, um, you know, I, I grew up and I lived in New York City, worked in advertising for over a decade. And in retrospect, it actually was the perfect job in preparing for the work I do now because advertising is all about observation, right? You have to observe and really intuit um, people's motivations, what they want, even things that they can't quite verbalize. It's all about observing trends and, and you know, what people really, really want and are trying to tap into. Um, after 10 years, just completely got burnt out and decided it was time to leave. And I lived in New York City at the time, and I always loved animals. So I said, you know, if I'm going to, you know, leave advertising, what would be my dream job? And I was like, okay, opening a doggy daycare. Um, and since I never had a pet growing up, I figured if I'm going to open a doggy daycare, I need to learn about, you know, dog behavior because I never had a dog at that point. And so I went through some traditional dog obedience courses, all, you know, centered around positive reinforcement training. And part of the certification was going in with people's homes and, and working with them and their pets and helping them train their animal companions. And mm -hmm. I decided at that point that I really loved the relationship between pets and humans. So, you know, I scrapped the doggy daycare idea, went all in on the dog trainer. And so as I was doing these consultations with people, 
I started kind of tapping in more deeply just naturally as an intuitive and an empath into what was going on energetically. So I'd walk into people's homes and I'd just know things about their relationship, their dynamic, what was going on. And so I started observing patterns, which I was really good at doing, you know, ever since, since I was trained in advertising. I started observing trends in colors and, you know, what kinds of people were having the similar issues. So I started noticing, for example, that, you know, a lot of times when I go into work with dogs with on-leash reactivity who are, you know, a bit aggressive on leash and barking on leash, the human in the dynamic, um, you know, was, was a bit ungrounded or maybe they didn't feel secure in their relationship. Maybe they were in between jobs. They didn't have, like, the footing <laughs> that, that they had hoped that they would have. So I started noticing these themes, and then I started realizing that these are universal themes associated with people's chakras, because in high school I was certified in Reiki, so I was very familiar with chakras as an energetic cheat sheet. So lo and behold, you know, speaking of portals, on a fall equinox, uh, I kind of laid down, couldn't get up for three days. On the third day, I woke up, and I was downloaded by who I realized later to be the Palladians, a whole roadmap to linking up our pet's behavior with the energetic reason behind it, the universal themes that were going on in the humans. So that now it becomes a jumping off point that if we are working, if we see our pet, you know, reactive on leash or with separation anxiety or guest reactivity or having accidents, we can go back and map that to a chakra and the themes associated with it. Because then not only do we use traditional training to solve the issue, but we also look at the energy behind the situation. We're able to overlay that. And in that way, our animal companions are helping us clear out our energetic clutter, whether it's issues of not feeling grounded, maybe it's martyrdom issues, maybe it's we're not setting up proper energetic boundaries. Their attitudes and behavior are reflecting this back to us so that we can sort through it. And then when we move past our, you know, energetic patterns, then our pets can also move past their behavioral um, aspects as well. So we create shifts for everyone and we all vibe higher. I like to think of it as self-help for pets' sake. And in clearing this energetic clutter and, and lightening our baggage, that's what allows us to then go deeper and journey with our pets to these amazing realms where we get to let go of the old and then call in multidimensional aspects of ourselves things that we're creating space to welcome in, our magic, our gifts, our intuition, our knowing. Um, so it, it all, the way that it progressed is quite interesting. You know, it started with, let's leave advertising, then maybe we'll do dog training. And then, oh, by the way, you can tap into the animals and what they're trying to say. Oh, and by the way, animals and their behaviors linked to the energy. Let's help everyone in this training session. Um, so it's kind of neat how our pets act as that access point to open us up to bigger things. Wow. <clears throat> yes. Beautiful. I'm looking at something in my life with my pet. And by the way, my cat was right on my lap here as you were speaking. Aww. Isn't it beautiful? All right. So I want to go to what you said there. Um, can you share more about how our animals reflect back to us. We know that animals will take on certain illnesses for us, right? Is that, mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Um, they don't mm -hmm. need to do that anymore, but that is a deep question. So they reflect back to us what we need to let go of. 
And then Mm -hmm. it's a matter of being aware of that. How would Mm -hmm. you help someone become aware? Well, I like to describe that relationship because a lot of times when pet parents make that leap and they're like, oh, my gosh, so, yeah, that makes sense. My thoughts, energies, attitudes, worldviews is affecting my animal companion. Oh, my gosh, I'm causing them to suffer. I'm causing them to take on my illness. The first thing I say there is, no, 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 we're not causing anything to our animal companions. You know, we have these soul contracts, these sacred contracts with our animal companions that we've decided before we've even come together. You know, just like certain humans come into our lives for certain chapters, our animal companions do the same, and we learn lessons alongside each other. I like to equate it to a classroom, right? If we're in the same classroom, we're taking the same course, um, we're reading the same book, rather than doing separate book reports, let's do a group project, right? So there's nothing that we're doing that's causing pain to our animal companion, that's causing them to be one way or another. They're, they have similar lessons as we do on their path to ascension and, and personal growth and development. We're just doing it alongside each other. We have a buddy. Um, so the first thing I want to do is, you know, anyone who's feeling guilt, please don't feel guilt. It's nothing we're causing to them. It's just we're going through this lesson together. Um, and then, again, you know, I love this system that the, the Pleiadians downloaded where I link specific pet behaviors. So if your dog is having on-leash reactivity, I link that to themes of the first chakra of grounding, security, maybe a disconnection from, you know, feeling disconnected from the earth or your, your mother figure kind of falling into that victimhood. If your animal companion is displaying separation anxiety, I've linked that back to themes in the human of the second chakra. So balancing my needs versus other people's needs, the balance of the masculine and feminine issues of creativity. Um, if your animal companion is barking at you or demanding attention or jumping or nipping, that mm. I tended to see linked back to the third chakra and those themes of are you stepping into your power? Are you claiming your magic? Are you putting projects out or are you self-sabotaging because you're a perfectionist? Um, and so it goes. Uh, oh. with, you know, so it's, it's really neat to have that starting point, and then you can go to limiting beliefs associated with each chakra and be like, yeah, that one resonates, this one maybe not so much. So I created a whole signature course on that called Healing with Chakras, which is just tremendous. There's really nothing like there out there. Yes. Okay, very fascinating. I love that you were downloaded by the Pleiadians, this whole information. And again, your course, Pets as Portals, your course will show how you can really learn more about this. Can you go ahead and mm-hmm. offer the rest of the chakras and, and what that means? Because, yeah. wow, we're each looking at our animals. And <laughs> so, so, for example, if your yeah. dog is getting excited, right, mm-hmm. it's not just at dinner mm-hmm. time. He's not just hungry or she's not just hungry. But that could mm-hmm. be, wow, are you stepping into your power? Yeah. And, and um, if, mm-hmm. if your pet has guest reactivity, Right, that's matters of the fourth chakra and setting your loving boundaries. You know, are you letting people into your energy and your space that you shouldn't? Um, because if we're not careful about that, then, you know, our animal companions set up those boundaries for us. If your animal wow. companion is barking or has issues with leadership, you know, if you're not sure who's in charge of who, who's leading who, that tends to be around the fifth chakra in amplifying our voice and speaking our truth. 
Um, <laughs> if we see wow. accidents, yeah, accidents are linked to the third eye and the sixth chakra. And I love that one because it's all about illusion versus reality. And so it's, you know, where are we eluding ourselves? Where do we not want to see people's situations for what it was? And also it has to do with parenthood. So as we step into being parents to our animal companions, we get to revisit and put ourselves into our parents' shoes and shapeshift a bit and see what it's like to be a parent. We know what it was like to be a child. You know, a lot of us have, have very specific memories about that, but now we're revisiting that childlike experience through the role of being a parent. Um, and then with the seventh chakra for humans, whenever we have um, pets who have gone missing, are sick or transitioned, that's what I've linked to the seventh chakra, which is having faith in moments of crisis and seeing the big picture um, because there's nothing that will test us in our beliefs and what we're committing to um, other than a catalyst, you know, something really big happening like that. So through that, our, through those behaviors, our animal companions are kind of linking back and giving us opportunity to revisit. And, you know, just like we're sorting through, you know, a suitcase once we've gone on a, on a journey, you know, you look at, you sniff it, give it a good sniff. And if it's ready to be folded up and put back in the drawer, we can put that belief or that, you know, viewpoint of the world back in our energetic drawer. If it needs to be released or replaced, we can do that as well. So it's really about us revisiting and reaffirming or replacing things through their help. Wow. This is very interesting, and we can each look back at um, probably episodes with pets that we've had in our life and the situation and see what they were showing us, right, speaking our truth mm-hmm. or creating those boundaries. I did have a dog who was really quite ferocious with his barking, mm-hmm. but he was very sweet. And right mm-hmm. at the time, I, I'm remembering there was a boundary issue in that time mm-hmm. period. So this is how the the behaviors of our pets in the 3D reality let us lighten that vibration right. so that we can travel deeper into each realm. Can you explain yeah. how we mm-hmm. unravel from that um, mm-hmm. so we can be lighter in vibration? Yeah. So as we choose to vibrate higher, right, so as we let go of dense energy, we're vibrating higher. We're able to access. Um, more high vibrational energy and kind of anchor it into our bodies because not only are animals mirroring back energetic patterns so we can revisit them and release them, our animal companions are also anchoring in high vibrations. That's why we always feel so joyful when we're with them and it's that pure, you know, unconditional love. Those are those higher vibrations. They're physically anchoring into our space so that we can familiarize and be acclimated to them so that when we are able to go to these higher vibrational journeys, our bodies are already a little bit used to that vibration. Um, so, you know, clearing out the packing light and clearing out energetic clutter, that's step one. Step two, in order to access these higher realms, is really getting back in touch with our bodies. Because a lot of times, you know, those limiting beliefs that we're releasing and letting go of, they've probably been associated and tied back to how we feel about being in our physical body. Maybe we didn't feel safe in them. Maybe we didn't like certain aspects of our physicality. So when we clear out that energetic clutter, we're able to connect more deeply with our body. And that allows us to go on these journeys. Because as much as from a spiritual standpoint, we like to go up and out, (laughs) 
you know, you say it best in the intro to the show, we need to journey back to the inner realms. You know, when we talk about journeying to realms, realms are not outside of us. We're going deeper into our own knowing, our wisdom. We hold multiverses and wisdom within us. So whenever we go on these journeys with our pets, we're going actually inside of ourselves. So we need our bodies. Um, our bodies are also critical during journal during uh, journeying because they also help us um, tap into the wisdom and frequencies at a cellular level. Odds are when we visit these realms, you know, our conscious mind can't hold on to all the information. It's too high vibrational. There's too much going on. So our bodies at the cellular level, much like a memory stick or, you know, back in the day, a floppy disk can save that information and then release it over time as our conscious mind is ready to accept the knowledge. So our body is kind of the vehicle that we use to journey to these realms. It's also critical because it keeps us within our energy so that if we are in a realm that's very high vibrational, we still have a little bit of that climate control around ourselves. Our body is preserving our energy so that we can spend more time in those realms. Um, and then, you know, during the journey, our pets act as access points, right? Our love for them, our pure high vibrational interactions with them, that acts as the fuel to get us to those higher vibrational realms. And then once we're there, we get to kind of enjoy. Um, again, not to, you know, I'm a movie buff. I love TV, so I'm going to go there with a, with a reference. You know, if we were to think of that movie, Back to the Future, our body mm -hmm. is the DeLorean, right? Um, the portal codes that we use um, that we'll talk about a little bit more, they are the equivalent to the year or the destination that we type into the DeLorean's dashboard. And our pets would be the plutonium that fuel the DeLorean to make time travel possible. And so once we're at the destination or realm, then we're able to go and meet another version of ourselves, whether it's past versions, present, alternative timelines version of ourselves, you know, galactic versions of ourselves. We get to interact with them, understand the motivation, the reasoning, the wisdom, and then we get to come home to the current reality with a deeper understanding that shifts everything for us. You know, we might even, keeping in with the theme of that movie, bring back a sports almanac with some answers to help us navigate the next few years. But that's really what the process of journeying is. It's packing light, using our body as a vehicle, our pets as access codes, imbuing portal codes with, you know, the energy of the realm so it can become a, a quick access point for us if we ever want to go back and revisit any of the knowledge from that. And then we, we get to explore and bring back some really cool souvenirs. Yes. Okay. Wow. Talk about portal codes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So portal codes are something that they're, they're so amazing because just as a souvenir from a trip can instantly transport you back to a vacation that you once took, Portal codes become energetic shortcuts to particular realms, frequencies, and emotions, right? So because portal codes help us tap into a specific vibration of a realm, it kind of creates a Rolodex of cosmic addresses for us. And each realm holds geometric codes, which activate within your DNA on a cellular level, and they really allow you to vibrate at that higher frequency. Um, so, you know, the portal codes that have been given to me for each realm are very simple. You know, when we say portal codes or Stargate or, you know, whatever, people have it, these really complicated 
mechanisms in mind. And what the animals have brought forth as the portal codes for each realm are very simple geometric shapes, circles, triangles, squares, um, infinity symbols. And what's really fascinating about that is if we think back to our childhood, right, as children, some of the first things that we start identifying are shapes and numbers. And for me, those are some of the most powerful portal codes we can use um, to access higher dimensions, higher realms, deeper information and insight and intuition. So it's been a really kind of neat way to assign um, uh, energetic shorthand to each of the realms that we explore in this course. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that is really very interesting that it's a shortcut to those vibrations in those realms that we can instantly mm-hmm. feel that. So that's what we were talking about when we move in mastery, in balance and harmony and inner wisdom. So then what's it like then for you or, or people who um, journey with their animals? What has that been like? Mm-hmm. So it's been really neat because the journey itself, the, the, the way that we do it, um, you know, I'm a very pragmatic spiritualist, I like to call it. You know, we, I like to give our minds and our ego something to hold on to, and then we free ourselves up in order to really kind of go deep on the journeys. So with each of the modules where we, we visit these realms, you know, we start off with a reminder of, you know, the, the process of journeying, and then we learn about each realm we're going to visit. So, for example, the first module we go to the earth realm. And so what the, um, what my, team has given to me is not only the realm, they also give us for our humanity and our humanness an energetic kind of reference point on Earth. So where Mm. we go voyage to the first, um, the Earth realm, on Earth, we're going to use as an energetic reference point the red rocks of Arizona and Utah and Monument Valley. Um, And so that way we kind of know some of us might have even visited it, but we can use those pictures, those colors. It it helps give Mm -hmm. our our senses something to hold on to. Um, And then we go into probably we talk about the portal code. We talk about the realm. We have an animal um, who joins us. So if you don't have a pet or if your pet is transitioned, you know, we have an animal sponsor in each of the realms that will join us. Um, And then we do like a, I think it's like usually a 20 to 25 minute journey to the realm. Um, We go, I walk you through it, you explore, there's music kind of guiding you along. And then at the end, we do a mantra that's been given for each realm that we repeat 108 times. And so that really helps us anchor into our bodies, the wisdom, the learnings from each realm. And it's been so neat. Because with each realm, people go there without much expectation. And I've had people come back with light language, with insights about who their team is, learning about new aspects of themselves, new gifts. They see themselves doing a healing that they didn't know they could do. Um, So it's really this opportunity to retrieve aspects of yourself. We're not going there to, you know, learn things that we don't hold within. We're really tapping into new gifts new knowing, new wisdom, new guidance, new intuition that's available to us. Yes, new knowing, new gifts, new information, the inner wisdom. 
Wow, mm-hmm. I love that. All right, so you all right, you're talking about your course. For those mm-hmm. listening, you can click on the special offer button and you can see the four journeys in that course and see what is available. So, mm-hmm. Denise, let's talk a little bit about these other realms. These are beautiful. Yeah. I love the earth realm. Can you talk about these others? Yeah, so the fire realm is one of my favorites, too. Um, it's amazing because it helps us tap into the spark of our creativity and creating and joy. A lot of times, especially as we kind of uh, we're feeling the calling to step out more it, with our gifts, with our services, or just kind of shining our lights more brightly, um, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to be a little self-critical. Maybe we're perfectionists. Maybe we're not sure we'll be well-received. So the fire realm works with the energy of Phoenix, and also um, the the reference point on Earth is Rio de Janeiro, which for me is wonderful because I'm Brazilian. <laughs> so Rio and Carnival. So we do this joyful journey to the mm-hmm. fire realm using Carnival and the joy and the creativity and the colors and the fire of Rio as this access point. Um, so that one's fantastic. Mm-hmm. One that I know you're going to love is the water realm. Because the water realm is our ambassador animals are the cosmic dolphins and whales, which I know have been such a theme, you know, for this year and especially with your audience, you know, tapping into yeah. that, that cosmic um, dolphin and whale energy. And even though it's called the water realm, what they brought through was that the water and the star realm are one and the same. And the place that they brought in as the energetic resonance is one that's not physically here, but so many of us are so familiar with that it's almost palpable. And that's Atlantis. So they teach us about Atlantis, but they teach about it in terms of Merlantis and Skylantis. And how, you know, that that knowledge of the quote-unquote fall of Atlantis, they kind of explain that it actually was a separation between um, myrrh and sky in order to vibrate at a higher frequency. So there was no fall or destruction. It just expanded. And so much like a rubber band, if you think of it being, you know, a rubber band, when you pull it top and you pluck it, the vibration's higher. That's what they're showing. Part of Atlantis kind of went down into the myrrh subterranean level, and another part went up into a higher dimension. So that there could be a unified higher frequency. So you get to choose if you want to deal and go down into Merlantis and and connect with your mermaid family, or if you want to go into Skylantis and connect with galactic aspects of yourself, or if, like a dolphin, you want to jump and weave through both. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one's a really fun one. Um, And then the Sky Realm really anchors in diamond light. And as we, you know, all these realms build on each other, right? The first realm is about tapping more into ourselves and our our wisdom. The second realm with the fire realm is about our creativity and our output. The the water realm is going to be about our connection with, you know, galactic consciousness in whatever form it takes for you. And then this is about anchoring in the diamond light and the sky realm. And it's about being able to have that perspective of the big picture, um, without losing sight of the details happening on land. So Eagle is our animal sponsor. And to me, the coolest part about the Sky Realm is that, you know, this whole course was downloaded to me after I created that 
space by clearing out energetic clutter and then being called to go visit Antelope and Bryce Canyon. And so my travel companion, you know, did this whole itinerary and part of what we visited was Horseshoe Bend. And so the energetic resonance for that fourth, um, the Sky Realm is actually Horseshoe Bend. And what's so fascinating about that is that those interested in their star families, I didn't know this until afterward, but Horseshoe Bend runs along what's known as the 37th parallel, which is a ley line known for America's UFO highway. Um, it's also part of the Earth's grid that was being reactivated to anchor in a lot more change toward a new Earth. Um, it was part of what Dr. J.J. Hurtak um, explained as being part of the return of the Dove Map, which some of you guys might remember from April um, 2019 where there was this whole prediction that according to, you know, her talk's book, The Keys of Enoch, mm-hmm. um, it was all about the next step of evolution and connecting us back to our universal family. And so part of this ascension process is that humans will remember their ability to work with mental pictures, sacred language, consciousness, and expansion through actual transformation taking place in the land. And so it, that whole uh, map of the devil was right over this region, and I was there right when the return of the dove was happening. And that's when this course was downloaded. So the synchronicities with our star families and the energy and our own evolution, you know, collectively is really cool. And it's anchored into this course. Yes. All right. That is so beautiful. And so it is going and journeying to these realms. So for those, do we use our animals with this? Do they... Mm-hmm come in and sit with us or do we call in the etheric animals? So we do both. You know, um, we use our pets as access points and whether they're here with us physically or they've transitioned, they can come along for the journey. Um, And then you can also use animals as wild as an access point. Um, So, you know, ways that we can tap into our animal companions, whether they're here or not, is even through just, you know, some of us are visual. So thinking or looking at pictures and kind of looking into their eyes. Some of us are more clear audience. So thinking back to like a bark, a purr, or like even the jingle of a collar. Um, Some of us have more of this, you know, we can tap into the energy of our animal companion and sense that, you know what, they carry Lyran energy or they carry an Arcturian energy or they carry Pleiadian energy. We can use that as an access point for us. What I love about this is that these journeys are designed to do repeatedly. So, you know, if we think of going on a trip or a journey in the 3D reality, you know, the first time we go somewhere, we might need to see the sights, right? And then the next time we go to that same place, we're finding out, you know, the local jewels and things that maybe were a bit more hidden, the hidden gems. Um, so we can pick different animals to come with us at different times on these journeys. And what I've found, a lot of people said, you know, their animal companions are right up against them or they're on their laps or just kind of, you know, sitting with them. And a lot of times that's our animal's um, service to kind of keep us grounded in our bodies as we're going on these journeys, which is kind of cool. It is very cool. It is very cool. I'd like to share actually a little journey. You and I were talking before the show, and it just makes so much sense of what's going on here and the assistance that we're receiving from our animals. You know, if any one of us look back at a time when we were sad or um you know, 
having a moment, our pets were right there. Um, and recently, I was sitting in meditation, tracing back a trigger into um, past lives. And the information, uh, the amount of clutter that was being cleared, let's say, from a belief system. I was asking my higher self to show me a belief system or why I had a belief system. My cat was right there with me. In fact, she was like on my body. And after I got through of that belief system, again, it was hard to keep track of so much being unraveled in that moment. But I was opened to deeper inspiration and insight. That's what you're saying. That's what these realms hold. They hold deeper insight for us. Um, And then I had a connection where my cat just instantly had to come up and be on my chest, like on my shoulder. And that was Mm -hmm. just really remarkable for me. And it just brings to mind that it's the energy that the animal is helping us anchor. So even if people do not have animals, there are animals that journey with us, or maybe we'll see, you know, an eagle outside our window or something like that. But I love that we go to these these different realms. What what this is mm-hmm. offering is a real awareness of that realm, right? A real energetic awareness of the codes mm-hmm. in that realm. Anything more you yeah. want to say about that? Because that's where it goes deeper. And it's very healing it's, it, on a soul level. Absolutely. And what it does is it's going to give us instant access to the wisdom within those realms. And we're able to kind of jump back anytime we want to be like, oh, yeah, what was that? All right. I need to I'm, I'm feeling like I need some of that diamond light. We can use the portal code and and the thought of our animal companion or the animal companion that kind of went along with us for the ride boom, we're instantly there, almost like a genie just closing our eyes and nodding our head. We can get there that quickly without having to do the grounding and, you know, go through the whole process. The other thing that I'm always really passionate about is empowering people I work with. So what this also does is it teaches you how to journey alongside your pet really effectively so that if there's any other realms you want to visit, because these are just four, there are so many realms. Um, If there's any other realms you want to visit, you know how to do it. You have a process. You have, you know, a few steps that you take, and you know how to maximize them. You know, the biggest difference between journeying and meditating is that with journeying, you have a destination and an intention so that what you come back with is actionable, whereas meditations are more kind of open-ended. You're open to whatever, you know, cool, we're clearing out our mind and seeing what wants to come in. Those are both really beautiful practices, and they work really well together, but a journey is going to really help you with any intentions and desires that you have right now. Wow. Okay. So, And, and so people, each time they go to, to these realms and then other realms, once they get equipped with it, that intention, it literally, it's, it's the higher self will also guide. The animal is there mm-hmm. to assist the higher self, but this is where we can really bring forth new earth businesses, new earth ideas, new Mm -hmm. earth solutions, new earth creations. That's what I love about it. So the intention then, right, just that simple question will reveal an experience. Absolutely. And that's why it changes every time, right? I might go in with one journey wanting to better understand my pet's behavior, with mm-hmm. another, I might want to understand what's going on physically with me or my pet. 
On another, mm-hmm. I might just say, what does it feel like when I step into my spiritual work? Or what do I need to know to get to the next step of my personal growth? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we ask different questions, we get to retrieve different things. And we might find that we're also drawn to different animals. You know, the reptiles, for example, snakes and lizards, they really help us ground into Mother Earth and tribal wisdom. Whereas insects with those, you know, the, the beautiful wings of theirs and the, you know, the, the gritting on their wings, they really help us access diamond and crystalline light. You know, if we're connecting with our dog friends, you know, they hold a lot of that Palladian energy, but also maternal energies of Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. So if we're dealing with emotional things, we might want to, if our intention is to clear out an emotional baggage, we probably want to bring a dog along for the ride. Whereas our cats are amazing at anchoring in Lyran energy, Sophia code, kind of the female ancestry and the mystery around female, you know, uh, female energy and the esoteric and the divine. They help us get into those higher chakras. Um, horses are amazing at healing with Arcturian remembrances and creating those loving boundaries that, that you know, people can't pierce. And dolphins and whales, of course, you know, they help us anchor into star energy, you know, the Syrian energy, the Pleiadian energy, weaving in and out of current of emotions and weaving all that high vibration into our life. So, you know, depending on the journey we go, our intentions, who we want to invite in for the ride, we're really, the world's our oyster. We have so many energies and consciousness that come along for the ride to support us and give us these amazing spiritual souvenirs. Yes. And so as people are working with your course and they are wanting, for example, to connect with their galactic family, their star family, what would they do on the journeys? Would that be the sky realm? So I always say it's good to go in order. Um, the, the, actually, the water realm is the one with uh, myrrh and Skylantis, and it's really all about connecting with your galactic energy. But I think there's a beautiful uh, wisdom in the order that they gave the journeys because they really build upon each other so that we can hold in those higher frequencies. If we're not feeling safe in our bodies or anchoring into who we are, we may not have that bandwidth, that energetic bandwidth to um, anchor in the frequencies of our galactic consciousness and self and star families. So I do recommend to go in the order, start with the first, go into the second, Mm -hmm. then go into the third, and then final with the fourth. Um, There's really some wisdom and um, technology almost behind how they provided that. Yes. Okay. Very good. So would we repeat the journeys as we work with them again? And are you doing one journey at a time or can you go Mm -hmm. through all four journeys? I think um, a good cadence is once a week. And so with each of these modules, you also can access just the journey as the audio. So what a lot of folks have told me that they do is they download it to their phone. So if they're on a walk, if they're enjoying some downtime, they'll play one of the journeys. So once you've gone through all of them, then you can just, you know, feel like, you know, I'd love to go on this one or I'd like to go on that one. And you can just play them anytime on your phone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Very good. Well, I love that there's the 108 mantra repetitions. Can you share a little bit more about that? That's actually, you know, when we use the sound like that, it's anchoring 
that in our auric field, right, in the body. That's exactly it. So much like the uh, Buddhists have the prayer beads, and it's 108, representing the 108 little power points within your body, um, that's the inspiration for 108. And the mantras for each realm, they gave them to me in English, and then they also gave them to me in different languages, whether it's light language or, you know, ones in Portuguese. That way we can say the mantra without holding any of the preconceptions that we attach to the words. Um, because, you know, a lot of times, especially if we understand the word, our mind starts holding on to, you know, the word body, for example. You know, if I'm doing a mantra and it says, you know, I'm, I'm safe in my body, all of a sudden my, my ego takes me to, yeah, you're safe in your body. You put on 10 pounds. What do you think? <laughs> you know, like, you're not loving your thighs right now, are you? You know, we can get caught in those stories. But if we're using the light language version of it, Ashkabaratatatai, then all of a sudden we have no connection to that mantra. We're just anchoring in the pure energy of it. So in the mantras, you get both options. You get to say it either in English or you can join us in a language that the energy and vibration of the words carry, but your mind doesn't have any associations with. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. All right. Light language there from the Pleiadians on those mantras. So then you also, I want to talk about option two, because this mm-hmm. is where you include a 30-minute intuitive reading. We're going to go to some mini readings with our callers. If you're on the phone, star two will allow you to raise your hand so we can take some of those uh, some of those calls, and, and Denise will give a mini reading on what realm your pets would like you to journey to. Can you talk first, though, Denise, about... The, what happens in the intuitive reading? Absolutely. So um, there's a lot of different pet intuitives and animal communicators out there, and everybody gets different information. Some people get, you know, I prefer, I prefer this ball or that treat. Others are medical intuitives and can tell you exactly, you know, where there's an energetic blockage or physical discomfort in, in the animal companion. For me, the animals have always brought through what's going on in their humans' lives. Because mm-hmm. for them, it's really important for us to look at that energetic clutter and clear it out. Because when we vibe higher, so can they. Um, so if left to their own devices, they bring in what's going on in their humans' lives, um, you know, old patterns, old energy that's ready to be released. And that tends to be really helpful, um, especially as we're working with our animal companions with any behavioral issues that we're trying to shift. Um, so that's something that I love to do. I also love looking at the numerology of the human's name and the pet's name to understand the intersection of what lessons you're here to share, what your motivations and tendencies tend to be. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, we I talked about how numbers are such a basic thing that we learn as young children, but there's so much power to them, so much symbolize, symbolism behind each, that looking at the numerology between the human's and the pet's names really helps glean a lot of insight as well about the lessons you're here to share and and uh, what you're here to do together. So if folks want to ask questions, it would be really helpful to know the pet's name, what kind of animal companion it is, and if they want to give a little context about what might be going on with them or if they just want to know what realm they're, they're uh, being driven to explore at this time, either of those would be great. 
Great. All right. So we will go to our callers. Again, you can get to the phone or the web call on our show page here. You can connect by web call or the phone. If you're on the web player, um, that will allow you to interact with us. We'll go for some of those calls. Denise's special offer is available for you guys to all check out and get that training with her, the training for those journeys. It's all on immediate download. Once you purchase, just click on the link there. You can add it to the cart. Offer two is everything that you get with plus the 30-minute intuitive reading. This is really to assist you on that deep, deep soul level. We're going to go now to some callers. I love this. Let's go to Colette up in Saybrook, Connecticut. Hello, Colette. Hello. Hello. Hi. Colette. Thank you for taking my call. I was just calling Isabel to say we might be on the call now. <laughs> yes. I have a kitty cat. I have a cat, Isabella. She's finding other interesting things to to be into right now. Um, and... Um, also, I her sister Amber had crossed end of July, so yeah, and we both miss her. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out why the background is going on here, but I don't know what the background is. But okay, there it is. I think I fixed it. Okay, so anyways, um, um, yeah, I I would love for you to uh, I forget how you phrased it, but. Uh, Share your pet's um, name and um, the the two yeah. Two cats. Mm-hmm. I two two mm-hmm. kitty sisters, and um, mm-hmm. but one like I said, Amber crossed and um, mm-hmm. and Isabel is still with it, and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, she's not used to being mm-hmm. alone. She always had been around mm-hmm. a lot of kitties, and she's the only one now. So I'm gonna and jump right in because they're talking. They're talking yeah. up a storm. Um, so first of all, I'm so sorry to hear that Amber has transitioned, you know, even as spiritually awake and mindful that we are when they're no longer in their little bodies, we miss them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but Amber saying that, you know, and Isabella in particular misses her physicality, but they're constantly in touch and you know that. So it's almost like on some level for you, you've been consoling Isabella, which is interesting. When I look at the numbers, you and Isabella, oh, my goodness, within your names, you carry the vibration of all master numbers. You carry the 22 over 4, so you have that big heart, um, that, you know, new foundations in love, and we are in a 22 year. So for you, this is a very powerful year, even if it might have felt comfortable, maybe it felt uncomfortable, but this is a transformational year for you where you set new foundations. And then within Isabella's name, she carries the 11 and the 33 kind of flanking your 22 master numbers. And what I love about that is that 11 energy for me is the bridge energy. So she is a tremendous journeying partner with you. And she also carries the 33 over six master number, which is the galactic cosmic parent. So she's holding these wonderful vibrations for you just on the other side. And as you guys journey together, you're going to be connecting deeper and deeper. Amber is incredibly sensitive. She will be there as a beacon welcoming you in, almost as a welcoming committee. But she was too sensitive to be um, part of what's going on in this new earth and this new world. So she, she chose to exit for that reason. Um, but wow. she's going to be along with you guys for that ride. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let me check in because there's something really interesting coming in. Let me just listen very quickly. Hmm. So the realm that they're showing for you to visit, and this is fascinating, is the realm of the samurai. Um, so they're showing this beautiful kind of foggy, it looks like a Japanese scene with a weeping willow. And there's the, the, the geisha energy, kind of the delicate woman in a beautiful kimono, and then the samurai energy. So it's really an invitation for you to, to um, journey to the samurai realm to learn about the aspects of the masculine and feminine balance about being the protector and the receiver, being soft rose, but also the hard sword. Um, so it's really calling you into that balance, which is quite beautiful. And it seems like there's some wisdom there. I can hear, you know, the music in the background um, and a little bit of the chilliness and the dampness in the air. And But for you, it feels comfortable. It feels like something that it's a homecoming for you in that way. So they're inviting you back there, which is pretty cool. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. If you are are a movie buff, (laughs) I know I, you know, a lot of spiritual people don't watch TV or, you know, people in our community, but I, I love TV. I love movies. Um, The Last Samurai and that, but but more for the imagery rather than the story of the outsider. It's more about the imagery Mm -hmm. for you to really see those deep grays and blues and that fog that taps something in for you. That's really important right now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'm I'm aware that my numbers correspond with. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not, I I can't even. I, that's just so that's awesome. Wow. What's the oh. session like with you? You just do that in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we go deep. The animals bring in a yes. lot. I will say. Um, yeah. But thank you for sharing their energy with us. I mean, beautiful companions that you have. Yeah. Beautiful I've reflection of you. Life whole life yeah and i'm very connected to in fact animal communication ought to be one of my uh here's one of my gifts i should say ought to be putting it, it up is. There. thank you yes yeah. it is especially cats i've had them my whole life and i'm a leo and i just connect with kitties you know <laughs> wow that's amazing i love yeah. those synchronicities that's lovely yeah yes Yes, um, and uh, so uh, yeah, Amber, they're only they're only a few years old, you know. Um, I got them from my brother, um, but uh, yeah, I you're right. She is she was pretty sensitive, yes, as I am. But um, <laughs> and uh, it was quick. I mean, she went out and she didn't come back. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that happens. I already had that a, happens, but. She says you yeah. knew it, it was a there was a knowing, so you're at peace with it. Isabella needs a little bit of comforting every now and then, but you you know oh my you God. understand. <laughs> yes, that's all I've been doing with her. Yes, she's 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 yeah. and and my and my neighbor's cat Pat, he had to put her down, him down, and mm. um she suddenly has no kitties, no kitties to hang with, you know, and so, so like she mm. bugs me all the time to go out and play with her and stuff, and I I do as much mm. as I can, <laughs> but yes. Uh, well, you know, having yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Would it would it be a good idea for me to to get another kitty, or I wasn't planning on it, but <laughs> for so her not or... yet, not yet. Okay. Really, what you want to do is you know go on the journey to the samurai realm. Um, yeah, tap into other realms where you want to connect. I mean, it feels also you know anything having to do with cats or Leo or 
you know, go into those realms and there's so much for Mm -hmm. you to bring in and going on these journeys with Isabella is also going to distract her. It's like, you know how, when you take someone to go get ice cream, like a kid to get ice cream when they're sad, it kind of gets their mind off things for a bit. That's, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Again, the journeys are in the online course from Denise, and that is in her special offer today. Again, there's also personal sessions, and we're witnessing Denise in action today. Right now, we're going to go to, um, it looks like Betty in St. Charles, Missouri. Hi, is this Betty? Yes, it is. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello, Betty. Hi. Hi, Hi. Betty. (laughs) Hi. How are you today? So happy. Who's your animal companion? Do you have any with you today? Well, I just rescued a little female cat about a month Mm. ago that had been living on the creek. Um, I live on a creek, and I think she was abandoned. She looks like she's maybe under two years, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know she was out there. She was out there five or six months, and I didn't know it until a couple of months ago. And Mm -hmm. one of the neighbors had been feeding her. And Mm -hmm. I went out and I started talking to her. And I named Mm -hmm. her Callie. And she would Mm -hmm. meow and talk back. And she would Mm -hmm. sit and stare in the back door. Uh, The guy had never had a cat. And he thought she was a feral. But I tapped Mm -hmm. into her energy and I knew she wasn't. Mm -hmm. So I just said a little prayer and told the Mm -hmm. angels, if you want me to help her, you're going to have to bring her on my property. Within mm-hmm. three days, she was laying under the bushes in the front of my house. <laughs> and I opened the wow. door, and she came in, and she toured the entire house. Uh, she <laughs> ate, and she stayed in about an hour, and then she went back out and laid under the bushes. The second day, she came back and decided she wasn't leaving. And mm-hmm. she was so happy and excited. Uh, she was sick. Uh, she had a serious mm-hmm. sinus infection and was mm-hmm. slinging green snot. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she has feline herpes or what, but she mm-hmm. uh, her eye indicates that she may have because she's kind of blind in her left eye. Mm-hmm. And for like two weeks, she was just happy and a leg hugger and wanted me mm-hmm. to scratch her little head and she would give me little kisses. And I had made a vet appointment for her. And so, like, it was on a Monday, and I was on Saturday night. I told her, I said, I'm going to pick you up. And when I tried to pick her up, she freaked out and became Mm -hmm. really scared of me. And so Mm -hmm. on Monday, there was no catching her, no getting her in the crate to get her to Mm -hmm. uh, the vet. So it's kind of like... I'm she now she's just afraid of me. So I don't mm-hmm. know what to think about mm-hmm. this little cat nor what to mm-hmm. do for her. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you Callie, is that C A L I? Is that how you spell it? Yes. Okay. So really, really, really fascinating. Um let me see where they want me to start. First of all, 
I just love how when we work with um, group energy, there's amplification and similarities. You too, your name carries that 22 over four master vibration wow. of this kind of new foundations, big heart, creating community. And that's part of what mm-hmm. you do. You have this amazing ability to create kind of, you just know how to make things work. Um, and that's been for your benefit, but also for your detriment um, throughout life. Mm-hmm. One thing that Callie is showing is that she is amazing because she has this sinus infection, this eye issue. It's all around that, you know, the sixth chakra, the third eye. So sometimes Mm -hmm. those that are the the strongest seers don't have sight. So what she's she's asking you to do is find your vision and stick with it because she's saying that, you, um, there's a vision that you've been flirting with, but you haven't been wanting to land on it or acknowledge it. It's almost like a gnat that you've been kind of knocking off, you know, like, get out of here, gnat, um, because there's okay. a nervousness around the implications for others around you. The realm that they want you to visit is the realm of the oracle and the seer. So, you know, much like in Greek mythology, there's the cave and there's the oracle. And a lot of times she was blind, but she could see things. She could see war. She could see who would win. She could see strategy. She could see how to win. You have Mm -hmm. a lot of that energy within you. But it's interesting because they show it not as the crone, you know, like you would think in that Greek mythology. It's in bright colors, almost more in a grassy field. So your version of the oracle and the seer is almost more in this kind of open field, open light in the day of light rather than in a dark cave, which is really significant because they're inviting you to step into the vibrance of your vision, the vibrance of your knowing and of your sight, and not being afraid of what you bring up, how that's going to affect the world around you. There's a little bit of this reticence in stepping out fully and communicating all you know and sharing all that you are because of that nervousness of what if, as other oracles have, you know, made predictions or given advice, it goes south. So that's the energy that Callie's bringing forth. And and her fear of you is reflecting back your fear of your gifts and your power. So for you going to the realm of the seer, however that manifests for you is going to be really powerful. And if you do choose to do the course, the the fire realm is going to be powerful for you, trusting your creative spark in colorful joy and exuberance rather than being nervous of it. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. I, I've had a, a health condition for like eight years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of kept me incapacitated and homebound. And right before I um, I brought Callie into the house, I was doing some deep energy work with it and really trying to take myself up higher, you know, like in the fourth mm-hmm. dimension and rise mm-hmm. above what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like when she came into the house, it's kind of like I dropped back down. And so now I'm yes, having which health is good. complications again. So, so part of it is the rising above and going to the fourth dimension, it's up and out. What Callie's inviting you to do, she interrupted it because she's like, you're going to go up and out, and then you're going to have energy issues, fatigue issues. You need to go down and in into the heart, into you. So it's about dealing with the health issue by going into those inner realms, just as Lorenz says in the beginning of the show. 
journeying back to the inner realms, the inner knowing, the inner strength, the inner phoenix that's not afraid of transformation. Um, so try going in for that healing rather than up and out. Know that the dimensions are all located within you. They're not necessarily above us. We tend to think, you know, especially with ascension language, when we say ascension, up level, all those things tend to indicate that higher um, stature and going physically up. But really, right. we stay the same. We're just able, like, kind of like the scenery behind us changes, right? The frequency of it, of it changes so that we can see new things, lighter vibrations, and we can kind of be part of that fabric. So they're just inviting you, and, and it sounds like a wonderful attention for you as you go and you journey to the realm of the seer. Show me what healing looks like. I need to see what a healing experience looks like and see what comes through with that. Okay. Now, is there something that I can do for Callie, or is it just that she is supposed to be in this fierce state until Mm -hmm. I make a change? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So breathing and letting go of the outcome, because the same thing that she was saying, that you are so good at, like, having a vision, executing it, you know, making things happen, sometimes it, it makes us feel like we need to be in control of everything. So part of it is letting go of the attachment. And um, so letting go of the attachment to that and just kind of breathing, calming, bringing your energy back in, she'll slowly trust it. And she'll be like, okay, I got it. And, of course, you know, I'm a huge advocate for energetic work, but I also like to do traditional training. I think that's an important component. Um, If you you have treats for her, things that she enjoys doing, you know, all in her time and in her space, leverage those things to help her create a positive association and find that trust back. Also keep in mind tomorrow, I believe, is a full moon, and a lot of animals get a bit skittish around full moon energy. Um, Not all, but some are particularly sensitive to it. So just, you know, be mindful of as you guys get to know each other on a deeper level, you know, does she go with the with the phases of the moon? Does she react differently? Um, you know, just be observant okay. around your relationship together and, and see if her behavior changes. Okay, I can do that. One one of my concerns is I feel like she really needs to see a vet uh, because mm-hmm. I, I think maybe they could do surgery on her eye and get her mm-hmm. to see again. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, was working with them. They gave me the antibiotics for her, so she just completed mm-hmm. her 10 days of antibiotics. So the sinus infection mm-hmm. is gone, but I, th- I think the the eye is causing her a lot of problems because that's what mm-hmm. happened. When I went to pick her up, I picked her up from the left, and that's the eye mm-hmm. that she can't see out of. Yeah. And so now anything to the left of her just yeah. her in a state of fear. And so that's so interesting. Look how observant you are. That's amazing that, that you realize that, you're aware of that, so now you know. And, you know, I, I don't work as much with cats as I do with dogs from a training perspective, but when we work with blind dogs, I always say use a word. Upsies coming in from your left, you know, like giving them a little mm-hmm. bit of that heads up is helpful. And then I'm also a huge fan of working with your vet. You know, use all the tools at your disposal. Work with your vet, work in the energy, work in traditional training. Um, so go to the seer's realm, see what they have to say about sight, about healing for you, for Callie, and see what comes through. Um, you know, as a okay. pet parent, you have great mommy instincts. So you'll know how to how to 
kind of go with that. Like I said, I'm not very much of a medical intuitive, so I can't really tap in and tell you exactly what's going on there. But energetically, those were the themes that she was bringing up, all those that we just discussed. Okay. All right. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. I will work on that, and hopefully it'll help her, too. Yeah, so uh, well, wonderful. Th- oh, my goodness. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and all of the information you shared. Thank you, Betty. Well, I love it when uh, uh-huh. pet parents open their hearts and homes. It's always so nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, winter's coming, and it's like, and I, I just knew that she was going to die out there if I didn't mm-hmm. get her inside, because it's it gets really cold here. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you, I'll Betty. So somebody else can <laughs> have your wisdom. Thank you. Okay, oh, bye-bye. Oh. Thank you, Betty. <laughs> Very good. All right. Now we're going to go to, it's so fun watching you work, Denise. Really is amazing. (laughs) This is where it's so helpful. You play such a beautiful role. We're going to go to Randy, our buddy Randy. Hi, Randy. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm going to speak quick, just out of respect. I have a chance. Uh, I emailed you a photo in case that's available. I'm calling about my beloved departed friend Zeus, the White Husky. Mm. Am I am I living up to his expectation? Oh, and so you said direct... Zeus is your departed husky, you said? Yes. Oh, okay. Let me check. Thirteen good years. Nothing to be Oh nothing to be sad about. He's a beautiful puppy, beautiful blue eyes, cosmic blue eyes. So it's really, it's really beautiful because, again, Randy, you have that energy of the 11 energy, which is a master teacher, but also a bridge energy. Um, for you, what he's showing, um, Zeus was really here to help you with a lot more of kind of putting rubber to the road of standing in your leadership, making things happen, kind of the magic of transformation, of experiencing different things in life. Zeus's energy is very much that of that beautiful leader, the doer, the kind of creates magic in life. You have a ton of this old soul compassionate energy in you where you have the ability to do a lot of healing with people. You come from a place of empathy, tremendous empathy and heart-centered knowing. And so, Randy, do you do any work where you advise other grieving pet parents or you do channeling for animals that have passed over? There's something about you in an advisory role that Zeus wants to encourage you to step into more fully if you haven't yet. I haven't delved into the pet aspect of it, but every time I speak to anything, it's I help others realize more about themselves, like CB17 and you know, it's a way to feel your heart. Sensory in your rights. How the heart communicates to the mind. I say this over yeah. and over every day. I'm doing it, but not limited to pet owners. Right. Yeah. Right. There seems to be a little something that he wants you to do because, okay, got it. Part of it is um, pet grief counseling a little bit. It's sort of like when we lose a human member of our family, everybody's, you know, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. But sometimes as pet parents, if we don't have a lot of 
humans in our lives and our pets are kind of our most intimate relationship. If we lose them, not everybody understands, you know, the relationship. So there's something there, whether it's, you know, people that you currently are in touch with or you work with, you know, if they happen to lose a pet, just know that your words of wisdom are incredibly healing, especially having gone through this with Zeus. Zeus is showing himself on the other side, working, welcoming a lot of animals through the uh, rainbow bridge um, is the way he puts it. So there is going to be, you know, as we go into these energetic portals and we're moving through the energy of 2020, there are a lot of animal companions that are, are presenting some exit strategies, and he'll be there working with them. Um, typically, I see these exits these kind of big exits of pets happen around like April 4th or Lionsgate around 8-8, huge amount of animals transitioning. Um, Zeus is indicating that there's a, a, there's a wave coming probably near the 11-11 portal and he'll be there working with them. So he's asking that if humans come to you and it seems like you'll just be sitting there and, and you know, conversation strikes and then they're like, yeah, I just lost my pet know that your words of healing are needed and that Zeus will be on the other side working with the animal and the human via the animal that's transitioned. There's something really beautiful going on there. So in that way, um, it's really quite lovely because where Zeus is inviting you to visit as far as realms is, so it, it I don't know. Okay, Zeus, tell me more here. So he's showing me, and I don't know what the name of the realm is, but it's where the two worlds meet. It's like if you saw that movie, The Truman Show, where, like, he gets to the end and he sees and he opens it up and he sees beyond, like, the set. That's the space he's inviting you to, where this reality meets the other side of the veil. And he's showing, like, it becomes this opalescent kind of plasma wall, and you guys can connect and talk and um, collaborate on what's next. There's this huge kind of two colleagues meeting together, two great friends meeting together and, like, catching up over coffee type vibe. So that's the realm that he's inviting you to be in, more so that, so that you guys can hang out and catch up, which is quite beautiful. That's a really beautiful and valuable insight. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm sorry for your loss. I know that, again, you know, this, this community is so amazing about, being conscious about it when our pets transition and being grateful for the time that, you know, we've had together knowing that the connection continues. But, you know, my heart goes out to you and we're all holding you in our hearts, you and Zeus. What I have to share about that is, you know, all the different release techniques like Sedona and pranic healing and Reiki, all these emotional <laughs> release techniques. Well, grief's not something you let go of or try to get rid of or how to manage. Mm-hmm. Grief's, grief is something when we learn to honor. It's part of us. And mm. without our grief, without our grief, how could we ever understand as much about love? Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. About Thank you others. for sharing that with us. About others. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Randy. Such wisdom. <laughs> yes. Randy, you are very sacred. You are a saint. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the award. (laughs) (laughs) Good talking to you, Randy. I feel Zeus right there next to you. Thank you. Have a good one. Wow. Denise, you are so amazing and 
This is so healing uh, on many levels just to feel that. So thank you for this. Again, I want to uh, point our listeners to work with Denise. She is a beautiful guide, a beautiful guide that will connect you more to that wisdom within yourself as your pets literally become the portals and assist you. And if you'd like a personal session, a reading with Denise, it is available as well. Very precious as Denise dedicates her life to this and this information and connecting everyone as her own rainbow bridge to this information. Denise, I just thank you so much for the beautiful time today and all of this. Is there anything that you'd like to say as we wrap up our sacred circle today? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you so much for creating this space and this opportunity to connect in these meaningful ways and to, you know, honor the animals and bring them into these wonderful quantum conversations and discussions and Thank you to the, you know, the callers for sharing their animal companions, their stories, and their hearts with us. You know, it's it's so beautiful to see the unique relationship that each has and the insights that they're tapping into. Um, interestingly, speaking of rainbows, there is a group here, a galactic group, that's been holding mm. the space called um, the Rainbow Tribe. And wow. so they it's this uh, cosmic group and they're kind of sitting in a horseshoe shape in front of me and they're just holding in the energy and the vibration of the colors. And they tend to come up when there's a lot of emotional up-leveling and healing and processing that's going on. Um, they, they hold it in, they hold in the energy and the wisdom from the stars and the love that we experience with our galactic star families. They want you to know that they've been present throughout all this, even though we haven't really tapped in necessarily in the readings to the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, the Venusians, the galactic rainbow tribe or council, they've been around us kind of holding the space. So each of us who feel that call can always connect to them through the colors of the rainbow. So just think of those colors and kind of hold those into your heart and their healing, their wisdom, their company will be right next to you and your animal companion. Our animal companions are very familiar with this group. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what they wanted to share as as we wrap up. Wow. Okay, so when our cats look at us in the eyes, what do you mm-hmm. recommend that we do? We go inward or ask for an answer or feel our star families? I would more more likely than not look right back in, hold that image and bring it into your heart and just allow it to fill you with love Mm. and hold on to it. Take a mental snapshot of that because that serves as a tremendous access point to fuel and propel you on these journeys and allow that energy to fuel you and take you wherever it need be, whether it is connecting back with our start families, the mer people, you know, snake and tribal culture, allow them to tell us where we need to go. They they know us better than we know ourselves <laughs> for the most part. So hold <laughs> no attachment, allow it to just flow. Play with it is what they're saying. They're saying we take this ascension thing way too seriously. Play with it. <laughs> See where they want to take you. <laughs> 
Yes, it's okay. Their, it's their version of uh, jingling the car keys. <laughs> we'll be the passenger in this scenario. <laughs> All right, so uh, look into your cat's eyes or, well, notice when he or she looks into your eyes. Mm-hmm. And the same with your dogs or any animals mm-hmm. that you see beautiful. Just breathe that in and take mm-hmm. it into your heart and allow it to go. How beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love the ascension thing. You know, we have to lighten up to ascend. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to mm-hmm. lighten up. So let's just lighten yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. They help us become more playful for sure. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Denise Monge, thank you so much for this quantum conversation. It truly does connect us more deeply to our higher self. You're a beautiful guide assisting so many and you are available to assist our audience and we thank you for that special offer and we thank you for this beautiful time today so sacred we honor you thank you so much thank you big hugs big hugs Awesome. Okay, everyone. I hope that you are feeling the love there. We thank you for shining your bright light. Again, if you would like to work closely with Denise and experience a reading so that you can go more deeply within with your pets as portals, that is all available for you. So now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. And as we know, to lighten up, let's just have some fun. If you don't appreciate this type of music, you can turn it off. But let's just play and have a little fun dancing to the cosmic heart.
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Namaste. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.